Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, dude. How are you? Yeah. Look, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Not too bad good at week. all. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking. Pretty good week. Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. How's your week been? Look, not too bad. Busy. But um, rather be busy than dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want... I just want to say something to you. I've written a, I've written a poem. I've written a poem, and it's about you. For me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about you, um, and I'd like you to listen to it. Uh, yeah. If that's uh, okay. If you got. Yeah. Sure. Got sure. Sure. <clears throat> that's just fine. If you got a sec, if that works. Yep. Okay. It's called, it's called Jake. Okay. <clears throat> Jake, Jake, you are my friend. I often think about you at the end. And in brackets, I've just put off the day. And then I close brackets after that. Okay. And the next bit. Jakey, Jakey, you are like no other. You've always reminded me of my mother. Your maternal embrace and loving guidance. It makes me shine and happy. Just like some diamonds. Mother Teresa. Jake, you mean, sir. Much to me. You lovely geezer. If my mum and you had a fight, I'd root for you to punch out her lights. Open the door and what do you see? My good friend Jake smiling at me. Open the door. How do you do? Not too bad, Jake says to you. Open the door, get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. Actually, the, sorry, I'm just reading that now. I think that's from something else. So just ignore that bit. Sure. But the, the last the last bit is, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I hope you love me too. Then the last line is just from Greg. Wow. Okay. I mean... What did you think? I thought it was beautiful. Thanks, man. That's... Wow, it's... It's, um... Takes a lot for me to to be well and truly speechless and... I... I, Thank you. That's alright. Alright, let's, uh... Let's get on with the episode. Yeah, okay. Yep. Today, Greggy, we are very lucky. Welcome to episode number three of Talk to Tilled. We've got Clint Ellis, um, who is one of my favourite guitarists in the country. Guitarist of The Getaway Plan, and he's also done some work with The Emily Affliction. And he's been kind enough to join us tonight. Clint, bloody come on down. (laughs) It's about time. I've been waiting to be on this podcast. Good to have you. Clint. I've been listening for years, guys. <laughs> I thought that was you. I'm I blushing. thought that was I'm you. Blushing. The Ro Jogan podcast, right? <laughs> That's it. <Absolutely>. Similar. <laughs> Absolutely. I just had like 40 bits of beef and seven mushrooms and did six push ups. <laughs> yeah. Do it yourself. <laughs> Do it Let's yourself, kids. Orangutans and can... their strength. <laughs> 
So we got uh, any sponsors for today's podcast? Uh, do we, Greg? I haven't actually checked in on that. Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple. Yeah. Who we got? Um, so first up, we've got Volkswagen. Have been very, very <laughs> kind enough to gift all three of us a Volkswagen Golf. <laughs> yeah, I thought they might have been just very, very kind of them. Um, have you heard uh, anything back from Fish Fingers? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I and J Fish Fingers still haven't re- responded. Bastards playing hardball. Look, I think after okay. the Volkswagen one came through, I think they'll probably be, they'll be tuning in, you know, moving forward. Uh, we've got Pepsi. So, Christina yeah, Aguilera has been yeah. our... I've, I've got a bit know. of beef with Pepsi, but because they burnt Michael Jackson and that. So, what? you probably should have talked about me. What uh, he was, You should have talked to me about that. When he was filming a commercial... Years ago, before he died. Oh, they that. physically, yeah. they physically, <laughs> they physically <laughs> accidentally burnt him. <laughs> God, don't you know your history? <laughs> your Australian history. How was your day today, Clint? What'd you get up to? Uh, I actually had my last day of one of my jobs that I'm currently been doing. Sick. Nice. Congratulations so, on finishing up. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of good. So the last few years I've been doing like street poster work, if you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Um, you telling me that when I was hanging out at your house last time. You've been doing it a little while, yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing that for a few years and it kind of like died off a bit because of COVID. Yeah. But I was on JobKeeper, so there was an incentive to put me on. Perfect. It's, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, sort of, it's, been, it's been a good job, but uh, it was time for me to leave. It's sort of... Uh, like an outdoors based job and being a redhead doesn't really line up with my uh, values and goals. My so personal values. I, I, uh, I'm job, <laughs> JobKeeper ended today, so I thought it would be a good time to... Perfect yeah. time. Did JobKeeper yeah, end so, today? Yeah, today is oh, the day fuck. that our society crumbles, according oh, to the news. Oh, fuck. That's, that's massive. I, I knew it was coming up in March. That just shows how was... privileged you guys are if you don't know when JobKeeper is. <laughs> <laughs> That's that poor people thing, right? <laughs> JobKeeper. JobKeeper. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't be able to have that uh, that elk meat that I eat and do all their push-ups yeah. and stuff if you're on JobKeeper. <laughs> DMT's not cheap. Yeah. Oh, man. And the shaman. God. These shaman fees. Well, I've got a shaman. He's somewhere back there in the in the grass. Yeah, the tax the accountant's not happy with his shaman fees. <laughs> um, did you have any students today? No. So I actually cut down on uh, teaching recently. Have you? How many what what do you do, Clint? How many how many students do you have and what do you teach? Is it just guitar? Just guitar. And I was sort of like last year, it was really picked up because of COVID, I guess. Like, I think everyone, including myself, was like, I'm just going to try and learn something or at least be more uh, proficient at whatever they were doing. So mm. I, I had like, it was, it was still like six to eight students. So, which doesn't sound like a lot. I know a lot of other <laughs> teachers who have like 20 to 30 students. But for me, I found that enough. And so, yeah, because you've yeah. got to do the prep work, I guess, yeah, as well. God, the the lesson plan is like, yeah, it takes a lot. It depends like on the teacher, though. I know guys who just like don't do any prep. And, you know, it's just like, so what song do you want to learn or what are you thinking? But I sort of like to come out of more structured, only because I had more adult students who were in bands and touring already. 
So they're yeah. more in like the realm of just how do I be a better songwriter? Which mm. is like, you know, that's a deep sort of topic. <laughs> so I was trying to condense And would you do that? Would you would you take him through take him through songwriting? Yeah, I sort thing? of like from a theoretical yeah. point, I sort of tried to condense what I learnt doing my degree into just some yeah, guitar. So it was guitar lessons, but there was like a lot of white, but you can kind of see in the background. I know it's an audio podcast, but there's a whiteboard there, like would rip out and get rid of the scales and the best chords to use and that kind of stuff. But I just found that it still came like as a musician, it still draws from the same fuel. So if you were say, wanted to write your own album, it's not like, oh, cool, I'll do some lesson plans and then I'll do my own album sort of stuff. It's sort of like you do your lesson plans and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of exhausted of music and I just want to sort yeah, of, absolutely. You know, play PlayStation or something. <laughs> so I kind of got to a point where like I've always had this sort of ambition to do more media composition. And I've sort of been doing that here and there. And last year was good because I had a bit of extra time and I ended up doing sort of like my first actual paid project of doing media composition for a comedy pilot and i heard that man that was great yeah so that was really good but it's so bloody time consuming you know because there's a lot of like back and forth like it's almost like writing songs for a really bad record label you know you write some songs and they go not good enough but in this case it's the director so you're kind of like okay i'll try again so i found with teaching it was almost one or the other so it was kind of hard though because the teaching is really good it's so fulfilling you know and like I love my students to death but I kind of want to be more selfish this year yeah so, that's great yeah so I sort of cut I sort of cut back on that I've still I'm still teaching but I'm just like minimal at the moment I've got like one young student who I just can't let go of he's kind of my prodigy so yeah I, cool. I'm dude I'm stoked to hear that I love that you love it I taught drum set when I was quite young and I fucking hated it. I hated it so much. I tried it out for maybe, I think I did it for about 12 months and I maybe had two, maybe three students at the, like I was kind of high school age and I just hated it. I hated like every second of it. I dreaded it. I remember kind of coming home, like I'd go to school in the morning just thinking like, fuck, I've got to teach this afternoon. Oh my God, it would just ruin my entire day. So I'm I'm very happy to hear that you love it. Well, do you think that's because you're a cunt, I, Greg? <laughs> What's that, mate? Yeah. Sorry, what was that? I was, no, I was just wondering, like, from a um, teaching point of view and that, and fulfillment. Yes, do you yes. think that's because you're a cunt? <laughs> Look, I, it may have had something to do with it. I mean, like in retrospect, it <laughs> yeah. may have had something to do with it. The fact that I don't necessarily have a tremendous amount of time for most people, no. especially you know, child, uh, you know, kind of primary school age kids, but. You know, you live and you 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 live and you learn. You 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 get older and you. That's what you Alana said. You live, you learn. <laughs> she did. She did. Uh, no, I just think there's a. You know, I think some people love it and cunts don't like it, like me. Yeah, I I kind of wish, like it's one of those things that like you do and you talk to people and they go, oh, that's so great, like good on you, and like there's so much positive reinforcement behind teaching that <laughs> totally. it's hard to be like. <laughs> yeah. I really don't want to do this, you know, in the long run. Like, if I... It sounds bad, but if I was, like, destined to be 
a teacher full time, oh, I would bloody hate it. Yeah, you like, think so? It's so it's, I think just like my sort of personality. Even though I, I would consider myself slightly extroverted, but just being like, this is the room I teach. I know like listeners can't see, but it's a small room, and just being in here with one other person, yeah. even if it wasn't doing guitar lessons, just like talk about anything for an hour. I would just be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, what's, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Let alone someone coming to me and being like, how do I be a better musician and a better yeah. songwriter? And you still have those thoughts in the back of, your be- back of your head being like, am I a good musician? Am I a good songwriter? You know? Did you find that like kind of played with your ang- like anxiety a little bit as well? Like yeah. having that responsibility? Like, yeah, I would be, if you ask like LJ, um, my fiance, like if you asked her, you know, what was Clint like? Like, I was a mess, you know, especially <laughs> when I first started. Yeah. Dude, when I first started, I was just having, like, a glass of wine, you know? I was treating it like a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting backstage, I was, like, doing stretches and just sort of, like, getting psyched up. Oh, that's like, so good. Because I only really did it because a lot of people sort of were like, you would be really good at this. But I remember when Getaway Plan, when we released Dark Horses or we were recording it, uh, we were doing a Kickstarter. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things the guys were like, oh, what about like doing a guitar lesson? You know, someone contributes a hundred bucks and they get like an hour guitar lesson with you. And I was just like, no way. I was like, there's <laughs> no way I'm doing that. Like, I'd rather do anything. And it was like... Only because I think it's just the way I learnt, you know. I did guitar lessons, but it was more like songwriting and performing, gigging. It almost even just being in mosh pits, you know. <laughs> and just sort of getting spat on by like Marilyn Manson's guitarist. That I was like, oh, <laughs> that's how you do it, you know. Because I, I guess as well, like, you're, you're in a, a different position than a lot of people. Like, whilst you were during your degree getaway would have been touring right yeah exactly so i was literally doing this parallel education of doing a jazz degree and getting jazz guitar lessons of like improvisation and then just going on tour you know with like hardcore bands and sort of just being like oh this is how many beers I can drink before I go on stage I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and just be like, this is how many people you can fit in a bed in the backpackers, you know, at the old Billabong Gardens and <laughs> sort of good old Billabong Gardens. Yeah. Is that where we used to play? Is that where we got all those mattresses out and had wrestling? Yeah. And it had <laughs> no, no that natural. Was, that was the, um. The, uh, what was it? The Parkview Hotel that oh, the park had no view. windows in the rooms. This, this hotel, Greg, was across, the, it was across the road from Sydney Uni. I don't think it exists anymore. <laughs> and I was working at MTV at the time and I remember I had a pretty busy day the next day and it had no natural, natural light in there <laughs> at all, at all. So the, the, the boys played a show somewhere and I, um, went back with them. We had a few drinks and decided to bring the mattresses down and kind of do a bit of a WWF vibe. Obviously. And Standard stuff. I, <laughs> and I woke up thinking it was about uh, 6 a.m. because it was it was dark. It was it was yeah. nearly lunchtime. It was, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> I had about 30 missed calls. 
<laughs> they had some weird lighting though, remember? It was like you could turn it on and it was like a sort of faux sunrise. Like yeah. It was like a fake skylight. These, yeah, these sort of like halogen lights would just like slowly warm up and just remind you that you're like in some sort of like recurring for a dream scene or something. Just like whether or not you did heroin felt last like night, that. you should feel like, like it. Anyone's guess. I felt like Jared Leto's mum. That was like a big sort of psychological experiment. Like it was like, uh, what's it called when you're in jail? You go on this solitary confinement. <laughs> yeah. Like there was there was a moment where I was, me and the guitar tech were shirtless and wrestling with you guys surrounded yelling at us. You and Wago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there was a moment where we were just like, Wait a minute, what are we doing? <laughs> we Somebody turn the wrestling. fucking light on. Yeah. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> turn that Imagine the park off. Boys. I gotta go to work. Yeah. But I remember I distinctly remember you waking up and just being like, Oh my god. Like, what happened? <laughs> we were just like, see you next time, Jackie. <laughs> see you next time, guys. I've got I got I gotta go deal with some consequences here. <laughs> If you were any younger, I would feel so terrible for being like a bad influence on you, Jake. No. The amount of times that we would come to town and just you would have work the next day. (laughs) I think you'd learn to take the day off when we'd come into town. You're such a good worker. Yeah. Well, I think think there was a period period there where I, I definitely would call in sick. That was just one of the rare, rare occasions where I got caught out. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was great times though it was great times how is um how have you been enjoying doing like the writing for media at the moment is it something that like working to a brief how does that how does that differ i guess than working to make maybe a, a song yeah it's 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 so different and it's it's really humbling as well I think like the biggest thing I've noticed is just how little my achievements in music mean to the media realm. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know? Yeah, just like it's been like it's been real tough to get actual jobs. Like there's so many composers out there. Mm. Like we're just there's all fighting for gigs and like a lot of it's free and it's still cutthroat fighting for a free gig. Like, it's like people are just fighting to get something for their showreel. So, it's been really humbling in that respect. But it's kind of been awesome as far as, like, I just finished up writing a pitch for a horror movie, which I've never sort of delved into before. So, that's like really like atonal stuff, you know, like... It's like, yeah, you know how to write a good pop song, but horror music's like, forget all that. And it's just like, write the the most... You know, abrasive sort of tones you can do, and just like write something that goes against everything. Yeah, it's more about almost sound design, you mm-hmm. know, in a yeah. way, just like cymbal scrapes and that kind of stuff, and maybe like a bass drone going on. So that was really cool. And then now there's a short film that's like an ancient Roman thing, and the director's like, I want something that is like Gregorian chant theme based and then it evolves into something else so 
it's kind of cool in that way. Like I feel like every time I do one of these pitches, I end up buying some sort of new instrument or some <laughs> something to make give it that edge, you know. And so with songwriting, like in general, especially with just bands, you just kind of do what you do. It's sort of like, like as far as me with bands, it's like I've got a delay pedal and reverb. It's like, <laughs> how wet do I want this reverb? You know, and like what frequency of the guitar do I want to play up high or am I going to do something low? But with media, it's literally like write a song like they would have, you know, back in the early fucking 1200s or something. So are you are you, are you dealing with kind of like cool, open-minded young creatives or are you dealing with kind of rigid no, cre- I think, people? No, I think it's like... It's, what's the track record been? It's sort of similar to the music industry. I think everyone's sort of slightly vulnerable about their project. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, I kind of, yeah, I kind of don't like, you always hear these stories about crazy directors, but I think that's just more when it comes down to like a big sort of budget and a big movie studio that's doing it. But as far as like independent films and that, I think it's just, yeah, everyone wants to sort of have like a good experience throughout. And it's been like the last one I did, the comedy one that I did last year, which again, I've never written comedy music. If anybody knows like what I do with Getaway Plan, it's always I'm trying to like make the saddest, most reverb sound, like so everyone can close their eyes and just go real deep. And then comedy, it's like pizzicato strings and like this kind of stuff. Have you? I mean, you can you can tell us what it is. You can plug it here. We've got like. 11 or 12 listeners i mean well that was <laughs> well i think yeah it's sort of it was just a pilot called written in the stars which you can find on vimeo okay sick but then again if you google written in the stars it comes up with a lot of stuff so just go to vimeo and you'll see the pilot there and it just is a pilot i don't think it's been picked up or anything not yet but that certain director was like he was like the dad everyone dreams of having you know like he was just so Sandy Cohen encouraging and just <laughs> Sandy Cohen from the OC. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, like I've got books like on film scoring, and they all warn you about like directors and like. But he was the opposite. He was just like, even on cues that he didn't like, he still made me feel great about it. But even in my sort of my sort of neurotic state he would be like that's really good but i think we could try this and i'd just be like oh my god he hates <laughs> it's me fucked. and that's sort of where i think having like a good partner or at least like someone else in your life that can go no you can do it because i sort of have the i'm just like oh god i've ruined everything you know my um sorry Clint, my 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 brother is a director so he kind of does some directing and like does some ads and does some other stuff and he's like the king of He's like the language that he uses when he's like dealing with people that he's working with and the people around him is just like pretty incredible. It's like, oh, I think we can do this and we could do that. And he's just like very, very, very tactful in how he communicates and so effective at what he does. And I think it's like such a skill to kind of, you know, to encourage, but also to kind of to, to give like, um, you know, so, somewhat negative, not negative feedback, but constructive feedback, but still kind of keep all your creatives like happy and willing to work. I think it's a real... Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. a skillful thing to do for sure. Well, I've definitely got like a newfound appreciation for directors because now I understand why they're called directors because, you know, they're mm. just directing a bunch of people and just trying not to ruin things. 
Because with music, you know, there's so many ways you can describe something. And they're not musicians. So it's not just necessarily like, oh, I like that it's in a minor key, but maybe do it in Dorian so it's not so minor. You know, they just sort of like use these phrases. But it's it's sort of interesting how much you can do off that. Like I did a, f- a couple of years ago, I did like a grilled... It was like not a grilled commercial, you know, grilled burgers. But it was just like a promotion going on about how they've got like locally sourced ingredients i i had a, I had a feeling they did actually yeah well, you were yeah, yeah you okay. were saying that to me the other day actually i was actually yeah. we, we i thought they bloody did we were at grilled we were at grilled the other week and you said you know what this is delicious this tastes a bit locally sourced to me <laughs> this sauce, <laughs> I mean, yeah. bloody... these tomatoes yeah they're sourced locally if i'm not yeah. mistaken Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. This doesn't Oh no it is. No it is local. My bad. My bad it is. I'll take it back. Sorry, Clint, but, you but know, yeah, you job, say. A job as a composer is for someone just to go, uh, community, uh, locally sourced, uh, family, and just try and put that into some sort of song. You know. Which sounds like daunting. I think like to most composers who are starting out. They would be like, what the fuck do I do? But I really want to hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can I can definitely link you. It's like Yeah, yeah please do. I'll send it through, I'll cut it in. <laughs> it's actually a really funny song. Like that's the thing, you kinda of do things especially when you start out in bands, like like with Getaway Plan, we were like originally like an emo rock band and which is like so serious and you know, just banging my head on stage. And then when it comes to composing, you have to really be like ready just to do things that you wouldn't usually do. Like I would never just write a song in a major key and for any musicians or people, you know, just like this full happy song, like you do like a one, four, five in a major key and it's just like, oh God, but it really needs to be done. You know, like that's, people love that stuff. So it's, it's been humbling in that way just to sort of like go. Okay, if I want to be a composer, then I have to be... Yeah, you kind of got to slot it out <laughs> in simple words. You got to be ready to take on anything. You can't sort of be like, nah, I'm only going to do like these kind of projects. Like maybe you could if you had a massive following or like a signature sound, but I kind of just want to be able to do a bit of everything, you know, yeah. so I don't have to work a job. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the dream. I think in in a, in, a, in a way though it's uh, you can be at a level where you you might be making something that's really complex and you might actually not be doing the old one four five for a while or something to a brief and having doing these kind of uh, things to a brief where you're outside of your box do you feel in a way maybe it help is helping you even grow further like with your repertoire and maybe even yeah. creatively next time you'll add little bits of ingredients that maybe you wouldn't have before. Local ingredients. Local, local Yeah, local ingredients. <laughs> yeah, locally local, sourced. Only locally sourced. But especially mm. doing the horror stuff, I would sort of... Like the horror... I, I did a bit of research and just listening to a lot of like recent horror soundtracks. And it's... Because... I generally, I've always wanted to do like a solo record, but I've just never kind of been able to figure out how I want to do it. I've written a, like a lot of post-rocky stuff late, 
like in the last 10 years. Uh, but lately I've been listening to like a lot of minimalism sort of, you know, like uh, Steve Reich and all this, all this stuff that's just sort of like almost like noises, but it's meditative, meditative, meditative. You know what I mean? That whatever that we'll, we'll edit that. Now we'll edit that bit. Yeah. <laughs> I meditate is what I'm trying to say. But, but sort of stuff that you can like lose yourself into. And even though horror music is so abrasive, there's something like really almost beautiful about it. Like I'm talking more recent stuff in the last 10 years. If you've if you've watched movies like Hereditary and uh there was another one. What was the other one? Oh, the Babadook. Like all these like movie, horror yeah. movies. You know, like I don't. If anyone's watched horror movies, it's like more gone, gone in like the mental health realm, and it's yeah. a bit more real. Yeah. Which is sort of like I guess like when I write solo stuff, it sort of is reflecting that kind of stuff. You know, whether it be like anxiety or depression or like something that you can sink into. So yeah. like. I would never go, oh, I'm going to experiment with doing some horror stuff. So getting a brief like that is awesome to sort of... It's Stretchy. Yeah, and I think a lot of creators, we need a deadline, you know? Like, it's... it's it's Yeah, everything that I've been had, like, this freedom to do what I want, I could just, like, write a solo album for 50 years and not be happy. But as soon as you've got a deadline, then you can actually get some stuff done. So I need a I need a deadline for like do your washing, uh, yeah. you know, clean clean your clothes, do the washing, you know, <laughs> like otherwise it would take me fifty years to do that too. Like know? people so holding like, their like, noses yeah. on public transport, and you're like, oh, thanks so much. You know, there's my deadline. That's my deadline. <laughs> yeah, that's my deadline. <laughs> and do do you feel um, with with doing this at the moment that it's probably something that over the next couple of years you just want to keep going down that path? Yeah, I think so. Like that that would be like I would be so stoked if I was just scoring infomercials. You know? Like <laughs> I think that's all we want as musicians. Like Yeah. We we just want to be able to live off music. And the thing is we're always gonna have a little bit of time to do whatever we want musically. Whether you know if I'm scoring infomercials, I'm still gonna have time to release like droney guitar albums if I choose to. But the big difference for me is when you're in a band, you sort of rely on like three or four other people. And so you can't really rely on that, you know. So media composition is, I guess, my way of just, it's almost something to fall back on. Yeah. And and also my ultimate dream would just to be to score films. Like anybody who really knows me musically they know, like, I'm obsessed with, like, the Jurassic Park score. Like, yeah. it's sort of er- that's any a, chance, I mean, that's like, a fucking great score. Oh, man. It's like, that was the first time that I heard music as a kid. And I felt like the shivers got my spine. You know? Wow. It was like, yeah, that was, like, the first time where I was like, whoa, music can do this. You know? Wow, that's really interesting. So, it was from film scoring that you first got that major... Goosebumps, yeah. hair standing up feeling. Yeah. And then that that gave me like the ability to sort of identify that feeling too. You know, yeah. so I could yeah. almost go, oh, it's a Jurassic Park feeling. The next time was <laughs> the start of Metallica's Wherever I May Roam. 
It has like, I don't know if you guys know that song, but it has like this really dramatic intro with like a gong and like this sitar playing like the main guitar riff. And then it just goes into it full electric. And that was the next one I remember. So there's, there's two sort of succinct moments. And anybody who knows me, like, could probably sum me up with like Metallica and Jurassic Park. So Fusion. they're the two. Yeah, they're yeah. the two. <laughs> yeah. What was then, what was the first? No, oh, sorry, Clint, Jackie Boy. What was the first kind of song you heard that gave you that those kinds of shivers? Because oh. mine was the Thong Song by Cisco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think was it was Waltzing was... Matilda for you, wasn't it, Jake? It, that was that was up there. That was up yeah. there. Honestly, my first favorite song is, and I only know this because of my parents reminding me. I know mm. if you guys remember the track Joey by Concrete Blonde. No. Joey, baby. It was an 80s. I'm an, oh, an I got 80s. the shit. It rings a bell. It, oh. yes. <laughs> well, I've heard it all before. Look it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I've heard you. Well, I guess you've heard me. Yeah. yeah. That, was the, that was the favorite song I ever had feelings like that. But that I can remember, it would it would probably be the first thing that I remember loving would be something from Silverchair, early Silverchair, yeah, yeah. That I can remember. And is that the, from a vocal thing? You think? Like, do you think you're sort of tuned into the vocal? I am definitely tuned into the vocals. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, the first album I bought. I was Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. So I guess like that was from vocal, right? As well. Growing up, it was MJ. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely drawn into vocal. See, I think because I can't sing that, I'm just drawn into instrumental stuff. You know, anything that like is just some sort of like layering of instruments or just yeah, that's that's the thing that really always like got me sort of like the, those shivers, and even to a point like. Like, I was a massive Blink-182 fan. I still am, like, of, old, you know, their old sort of stuff up to, yeah. like, Tom left. Yeah. And I always remember guitarists sort of writing off Blink because it was so simple. But, like, I reckon I could have listened to those albums instrumental and it would have been, like, that really taught me about the power of sort of harmony or, like, you know, chords. Like, you don't need sort of lead. It was, like, just a good chord progression with power chords was enough. You know, it's, good drama. It's the, it's the intervals as well, yeah, isn't it? Totally. It's the spacing, I guess, between those yeah. chords that really... Like it was... Yeah, it, that's always been my thing. And then... But it's always sort of been a pipe dream, that kind of stuff. Like, especially with orchestral. But these days, you really can just sit in your studio and write orchestral music. and I... Which I recently finished my first full orchestral piece, which doesn't have any guitar on it at all so for me that was like a massive thing was that for a was that for um a a brief or was that something that you did for yourself no that was something i did for my unborn daughter so oh i heard that yeah that was beautiful and congratulations by the way (laughs) thanks yeah so Uh, i thought that would be my first sort of like yeah i just just yeah it was sort of weird it was sort of as soon as like i knew like we were we were gonna have a daughter i sort of was like i don't know i just feel like writing a piece and it sort of goes and outlines like each stage of her current and future life which is you know it's such like 
I hope she enjoys it. <laughs> she's not older. You know, she I mean, when she's that, older, that's she... Something, uh... That's something when she's older, she definitely... Like, that's something that'll be, yeah, very special when she's older, like, for you She guys might go through a phase of that. hating it. Just be like, why <laughs> oh, did just you put this what? upon me? It's all happy and... What, you think life is just this gradual scale of getting better and better, Dad? You know? <laughs> just play it, play it. Make sure you play that before she watches Jurassic Park. Because, you, you know, you want to make yeah. sure that she gets those those chills from your one. And, John, you know, John Williams can go fuck himself. I wonder if I'll be more offended if she hates Jurassic Park or hates the song that I wrote for her. You know? I think it'll be equal. I think if it'll she be... hates Jurassic Park, I'll be like, watch your tone, young lady. <laughs> you know, be one of those things. Don't show That's her a that, real don't T-Rex. Don't show her that new one, though. <laughs> oh, dude, I haven't even watched the new ones. That's like... Uh, like with, uh, I'm yeah, so it's... like that with things I love, whether it's like Metallica or Jurassic Park. Like, I just sort of block <laughs> out the new stuff because I don't want to yeah. taint the old stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, if yeah, Jurassic no, it's, Park's it's, on TV, I'm like... Night. That's a night. I'm watching it. Yep. You know. Yeah. I, and I even love the ads. Even the ads are better. It's <laughs> like that's a great product. You know. Yeah. I've never thought of that insurance. You know? <laughs> Every anything that's associated associated <laughs> yeah, with Jurassic Park. LJ, do we have insurance? Yeah. 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 Maybe we should They've talk got about this life. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, we could we could afford a Ford Explorer. No, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Drinking an outrun of Velociraptor. Well, we'll see. All right. <laughs> They said it's local produce. <laughs> Comes <local>. full circle. <laughs> they only feed those dinosaurs local produce. <laughs> That's why they're so fucking healthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clint, I might, uh, I might change the, uh, the 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 topic a little bit in terms of kind of Jake and I were having a bit of a chat before, just in terms of kind of what we're doing day to day. And in terms of day-to-day, we were talking about kind of how we stay sane, how we try to stay healthy, how we kind of, you know, try to keep doing what we're doing. What, what's your, what are your tips? What, what's? Uh, I think like the biggest thing for me has been like possibly just a regular sleep pattern. I think that's one thing like, because I've always wondered why musicians have so many issues with mental health. It seems to be like this thing that's just recurrent. You know, whether like we look at like extreme cases like Kurt Cobain or just like, you know, cases in our own backyard of like friends who are just like, I don't know whether it's like drinking or like there's always like some sort of ambient level of mental health with musicians. So I think like since I haven't been touring that much, which has been like the last two years, I've got a good sort of sleep pattern of waking up around the same time. You know, and I've dabbled with so many things. Like I've dabbled with meditation. I I'm like a huge self help buff. Like I love reading self help books, and I've so I've sort of gone through everything. But I think like the main thing is like figuring out whether you're a morning or a night person. You know, and I'm definitely like I love more the idea of being a night person, but I'm not. You know, like I'm so influenced. Like if I read a biography about a musician, I will just do what they do, you know, even though it might not suit me. Like I remember (laughs) like in one of the Blink-182 DVDs, he talks about like uh, Tom, he's talking about his pre-show ritual and he like, it's like, you know, I have two like Red Bulls and 
I was just like, cool. Well, I'm having two Red Bulls. And so I'd have two Red Bulls and just be like bouncing off the walls. Like I'm just, my heart's going Dude, nuts. I remember you got, I remember like a show we were hanging out backstage and you were banned from Red Bulls because you were yeah. going too crazy. Dude. Dude, as a kid, I was banned from Coca-Cola as well. Like, it's like caffeine is not... Like, my parents would tell me about, like, I'd drink like a glass of Coke and I'd just be smashing dishes, you know? <laughs> just losing my mind. Like, but, you know, I was just like... I would just look up to anybody. If any anybody was, you know, that I would look up to had some sort of habit, I would try and, like, bring it into my life. And then I was just like, nah... I'm a morning person. Like I've always sort of, yeah, I've always sort of had activities that get me up in the morning. Like when I was a teenager, I played tennis. That was like an early morning thing. Then I like worked in like supermarkets in the produce section, which was like an early morning job. So I think maybe I've been conditioned and it was just a matter of like making that switch and accepting that. That helped me a lot. Um, And then I just sort of like dabble with a different the different bunch of things you know whether it's like writing out goals like like i there really isn't like this one thing that i think that helps me dealing with my anxiety it's sort of do, do you do that do you write down you write down your goals you yeah kind of put them on, a, on yeah wow okay yeah which i've been doing for yeah like the last i reckon like the last especially the last five years once like i realized i don't love touring like that's the thing throughout my 20s if you had to ask me, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I was like, I'll be like this, travel, yep. play shows. And then when I hit close to 30, I was like, man, I kind of want to be at home. Like I just, I just felt like sitting at an airport for two hours waiting for a flight was like the worst thing I could be doing my time. Yep. And so I had this full, like almost like an identity crisis, really. And I just sort of like, but, so I would write out these goals. And I think like the big thing with like goal writing, not to go like too deep into like this life advice. No, go too deep. Go too deep. But with goal writing, it's just, just understand like it's not, might not be your actual goals, you know. It's more about just like working through those. Like in the last five years I've been in, I enrolled in a, like a psychology degree. Then I dropped out. I enrolled in to be a teacher at secondary school. Then I dropped out. I've done, I've completed some education courses so I can teach at like unis and TAFEs. But I went through like all of these things of just like, yeah, I want to be a psychologist and help musicians and save lives. And then being like, yeah, I don't think I can do this, you know? Yeah. And so just going through like those motions and just understanding that like, even though you might be like dead set on something, it's okay to be like, actually, I want to pursue this other thing. And that's why what I've been saying is like with the media writing and wanting to be like, write the score for the next Jurassic Park or whatever. That's always been something I've wanted to do. And so just understanding like those sort of things and like listening to those sort of inner voices that might be like, yeah, but you really want to do this and sort of just... Just understand that like, if they're always there, then maybe that's something you should constantly pursue. But also not listen. Like there's so much bullshit about that, about like sleep five hours a day, you know, you know, just work nonstop. I think that's bullshit. Like, Eat some beef and elk. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor bloody elks and they're listening to the podcast. Just going They'll be play not us. fucking left soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like if I do half an hour of songwriting a day, then I'm happy. Even if I did 10 minutes, I'd be happy. And like, that's one thing I try to tell my students is like, it's more about like consistency, you know, like just do 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes is probably going to turn into half an hour or an hour or two hours. So I just got to like, keep that in mind. Just sort of, I don't, I used to sort of be like, I'm going to stay up to 3am and write this song. But now I'm just like, I'm just going to go to bed. Nothing's going to happen. Like there's that old saying, like, nothing good happens after 2am or whatever yeah but they refer to that more about like partying but i just think like yeah yeah i just think like in general unless you are a night owl like i know like matt uh midi from getaway singer he's he's like such a night owl he'll stay up and just do that sort of stuff but yeah i think it's just sort of like just listen to your sort of inner voice about what you want to do write it out like the goal thing it's not about like writing out goals isn't about achieving goals. It's just about unloading your mind about like things that are coming up. Like my goals would, yeah, be like get psychology degree, help people, save lives. Then it was like be a secondary teacher, help teenagers appreciate, you know, what music can do. And then that sort of went off. But the one thing that was always there was like write some sort of film score, you know. And so it's just like, it's just this constant thing. Like every day I wake up and I'm sort of thinking about that. Like what I actually want to do without it being like, I have to do anything, you know? Yeah. I think you touched some really important points there that will hit home for, uh, for people is that it's okay to change and mold your goals to what you're feeling. Yeah. It's it's more about, okay, it's, you're in a dialogue. That's what you feel like your goals are today. If your goal, like people's life and circumstances changes, if your goals change in a month, I think maybe people will think, will kind of think that's a, a failure in a sense. But I think yeah. that's a really important point to say that um, the th- things change and the way that you feel and the way that your life is going can change. Therefore, your goals can change and that's okay yeah like that's 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 the main thing like i think like the uh the negative sort of feelings we have can also be perceived as positives like i kind of i'm not saying i love the times that i'm anxious but they always have like some kind of message behind them yeah you know what i mean like it's always some sort of like i really feel like i should be writing more or like every time I've sort of had some sort of panic attack or feelings like that, if I just start writing, whether it's like writing with a pen, just, you know, a journal entry or picking the guitar up or doing whatever, those feelings like sort of go away for me. Yeah. And so a lot of the times like people want to get rid of anxiety, but I think there's something to it. It's almost like having like anyone who's had psychedelics and had a bad trip there's always a lesson to be learned it's never just like oh it was just the worst you know and i felt anxious and i don't know why i even did it there's also that you always come away with like what did that mean and sort of my anxieties serve that you know it's just been like yeah every time i feel anxious there's always some sort of message behind it 
and it's I think it's important just to sort of listen to that you know and sort of understand that like like that's the thing with the self-help I, I love self-help books but they do kind of give off this idea like you can just follow these steps and you'll be like have no anxiety and you achieve all your yeah. goals and you know yeah there's a product to sell right yeah from yeah. the self-help books definitely that's and you, I fully agree no, you I, I think that you know so I think it's like just touching on what Jakey was saying before about like change not I think changing your goals is so important and so true and people have this kind of anti-quit attitude about like oh don't ever quit you know don't ever stop don't ever quit and fuck that like I'm yeah. all for quitting I'm, I'm all for yeah. quitting stuff that doesn't work I'm all for quitting stuff that doesn't kind of mean anything to me anymore I'm all for quitting like doing shitty things that i used to do like quitting's fucking where it's at like i'm a i'm a quit advocate like in in a big way um so yeah i think it's like a really man life changes and and changes so fucking quickly like so quickly yeah i think it's like incredibly important to be you know flexible and open-minded and kind of you know i think it's super important to be aware enough to like shake up your own shit to go up this does not work anymore like time to do something else yeah, and, and I might not know what that is right now, but whatever I'm doing right now is is not it, and I know it. And you know, maybe the panic attacks are telling me something a little bit. Yeah, but that's the thing. I've always wanted to do like some sort of film scoring or media composition, but I just never took it seriously enough until sort of anxiety came up and got so bad that I was almost forced to do it. You know, and mm. as far as the quitting stuff goes, like when you're teaching, it's I feel I kind of feel sorry for anyone who's studying like nursing or to be a doctor or a teacher because there's so much positive reinforcement. You know, everyone's just like, that's awesome that you're doing that. No one ever yeah. just goes, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure that's not taken away from what you want to do with music? You know, like these sort of selfish goals that you might have. That might seem selfish, but, you know, like John Williams sort of helped me as a kid appreciate music and understand like, what music can actually do it's not a hobby you know it's almost like a religion it's almost like this connection that you can feel and that's just what i want to do you know and maybe i could do that for someone like young you know like work on some film that somebody watches when they're eight years old and they go shit why is my spine tingling just over this shot of a waterfall and you know this sort of like orchestra playing But it's sort of, yeah, like, as you said, like, quitting is such a good thing and it feels good when it's right, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't feel good, then maybe it's not right. Maybe it's just time to take a break and get back to it later. But, yeah, yeah, as far as just dealing with anxiety, it literally is dealing with anxiety on a day-to-day basis. You know, I I reckon I have one day a week and I've had one this week, I had one last week where it's just like, I'm useless. I can't do anything, you know, and that's when it comes as having a good partner or a good friend and someone to be like, just take a break because like you, like you can't sort of tell yourself to do that sort of stuff, you know, you know, what does it look like when you, what does it look like when you take a break? Like when you were useless on those days, what were you, when you couldn't be creative or couldn't do anything, what, what did you do? Well, like last week, so I'm working on this horror pitch and I'm just like, God, I've never done this before and I don't know where to sort of start. I had like worked all day and I was feeling exhausted already, but I felt this pressure to kind of do it. 
and I and and, and like that's a, I postponed this podcast because I was working on this, and so I'm like Thursday. This is a day, and I just bloody couldn't do anything. I'm literally just staring at a screen, feeling crap, like literally googling how to write horror music, and then just going, <laughs> "This isn't helping." And so I go out. I Jaws minus second. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to Jaws, man. Like, what are you doing? This is a shark. It's minus second. It's sweet. But I, so I go out. I tell LJ, and I'm just like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, just take a break. She's like, let's just go for a walk. You know, let's go walk Charlie, our dog. And we, so we're going to the park, but the park's kind of far away. So we drive there sometimes if we don't want to do like a full 5K. We get in the car. And this song comes on the radio and is exactly what I imagine I would do for a horror score. It's this really sort of like noisy song. I shazam it. Find this new artist, you know, that I'm just like, holy shit. Like it was just like some kind of, you know, just meeting meeting up. Like some sort of like fate moment where it was like, I think I needed to feel this to discover this. And it's just you're getting through situations like that and trying to sort of appreciate like whether even if it's like just watching bloody Married at First Sight and hearing, you know, some sort of cue in that. Like this because <laughs> it's so always, dramatic, the cues in that. Isn't yeah, it? dude, if you watch like any sort of reality TV, it's just there's no different to like watching an Avengers movie or something now. It's just like full orchestras and like even in <laughs> not to go on a reality TV rant but like they had on masterchef uh, actual like not an orchestra but a string section playing while they're cooking these final <laughs> meals they got a live string just to make it even more intense so it's just like you don't need to be in front of your computer or in you know on your instrument to sort of write this kind of stuff or to feel Active like listening. you're making progress you know yeah but i just feel like if i didn't have lj like i you know, if I was just in a bloody apartment or something by myself, I would lose my mind a bit. So it's just, you know, working out what works for you. All right, Jakey boy, do you reckon you're still going to apply for Married at First Sight next year? You were talking about that. Ah, uh, yes. I, th- I think that, I think so. You I reckon? think that's, I think that's me. Yeah. Dude, I've got to, do it. <laughs> I'm not sure the angle yet, like the character that I'm going to play. <laughs> what do you, what do you play? Give me some ideas. What, do you, what are you playing around with at the moment? Um, because it's that old Big Brother, and I've been recently seeing the Big Brother ads that have been coming up, and they've you know yeah. each. But Big Brother don't let you. Big Brother don't let you wear your own band shirts. <laughs> yeah, I've looked. <laughs> I've, I've looked, looked into, into it. it. <laughs> I've looked into it. Guilty. Um, you yeah, know, I think That's it's going to be maths, and I think I'm going to okay. play like I'm going to pretend. Um, nope. I'm going to go the Virgin route. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Take me. Th- yeah. Take us back story. Well, because that's how you get more airtime. Yeah. That you're a virgin. Um, vir- I want to know what a woman feels like. Yeah, virgin, <laughs> and I'm a. <laughs> and I used to be allergic to um, oh. other people's skin, but I've had. <laughs> I um, just for I, the listeners right now, this is totally off the cuff. Like I, <laughs> we haven't prepped this. Jake's obviously been doing some, <laughs> some serious, yeah. some serious note taking. He's been yeah. writing down and his goals. Met, much and then like I met Clint like does. a really Come. good doctor, and he gave me this cream. And now I skin. I'm okay with skin, but I haven't because I've been out of the game. I don't know how yeah. to talk to a girl. Oh, fuck. 
So, right. and I'll probably Especially have to pry to sell that. Chicken skin. You got to get with the sponsors. Locally sourced. Locally. Locally sourced chicken skin. On the other it's hand, all local. it's all local. Locally sourced chicken yeah. skin. Exposure uh, therapy. We started with chicken skin, and we built up. We won't. We we won't get into it, Clint. We won't get into it. But uh, last time you were, you and I were at a KFC it was quite a funny occasion. <laughs> So, so, Jake, so you were saying, yeah. so Matt, at first sight, I'm a virgin. Oh, yeah, and virgin, I'm the skin thing. Skin. Yeah, virgin, the skin thing. Um, I've got yeah. this, I've met this doctor on um, Craigslist. Craigslist <laughs> that made this special cream for me, and now I'm not allergic yeah. to skin, but I don't know how to talk to a girl. Um, and then, and then also, like, I'll put a bit of uh, truth into it. You know, I'm a single dad. Um, but I will say that he was conceived through immaculate IV, 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 IV. we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just see what happens. That works. Dude, I reckon you would get on. I've noticed Instagram followers. I've noticed (laughs) what they do is they get one person who's like really high standards and just like, you know, I'm a high standards and yeah, I don't take shit from anybody (laughs) and. I expect a lot from my partner and then they match them with someone who's just like, yeah, I just kind of want to, you know, have someone that loves me and, you know, I'm a bit introverted and they just match them and go TV. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Dominate, dominate. Yeah. And then they just have, yeah, some chick uh, just yelling at a dude and be like, did you wash your hands with soap? Let me smell them. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Clint, Clint, you may have, you may have, uh, you may have uh, done throwing yourself under the bus here. I've been dying for somebody, as Greg knows, at Ben rehearsals. All I do is talk about maths yeah. and nobody watches it except me. It. I, let's, do. I do too. Let's let's talk. Um, so Bryce's... Maths I, You know what? I, 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 made a burn, <laughs> I made a burner account last week. I had a few oh, beers no. at the pub <laughs> and I made a burner account just to DM Bryce telling him he was a fuckwit. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Voice of a nation. I was, I was blind drunk. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a burner account here and tell Bryce he's a fuckwit. So that's Dude, what I did. I seriously, yeah. I'm pretty sure I said to LJ at one point, like, people like Bryce is the problem that we have in this world. You know? <laughs> I can't stand that dude. Oh, I my can't God. stand him. you got to see him, Greg. He gets so worked up. He's Does he so- have... Um, does he have bleach blonde hair? No. No, he's no. got blonde hair, but nat- okay. a bit more natty. Yeah, he's like... A bit, bit natty, right? He's just like some radio dude from Canberra, and it's just like, oh my God. He's he's like bloody Hitler. He's like, oh, blonde, <laughs> exactly blue eyes. Like- he's like, oh you, oh, you got green eyes. Yeah, no, nah, it's not good enough. I would, would have been happy if they were a bit blue, but, you know, you can't help that. I wouldn't have gone up to you in a bar, that's for sure, but... Put it this way to his wife. Yeah. And then he's going off at all the other dudes, just like, you got to respect women. (laughs) And meanwhile, he's just chastising his wife for not having blue eyes. And this this poor girl couldn't be more defeated. She just doesn't want him to leave. So she just eats up whatever he's serving. All the shit. She goes, yumma, yumma, yumma. Can't believe it. It's 
it's this season is probably the worst. I've, I've I'm not af- I'm not afraid to admit I've watched like the last three or four seasons, and this season Me too. is just ridiculous. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, the last last season was okay. I didn't mind last season. Um, that guy that made all it. Although the thing that I took from the last season, I didn't know there was so much money in ice. Uh, it's in the it's in <laughs> frozen water. It's in frozen water. Uh, the guy that was on there. It's a, it's a fair bit of money the, in uh, ice. I yeah, <laughs> the guy that was on there that was the uh, multi-millionaire last year made his fortune in Bell's Ice. You know that you get from the servo and stuff. He's an ice mogul. Fuck yeah, good for him. Good, good for, for him. him. So you learn it's you learn a lot from it as well, yeah. which I like. It is an educational show for sure. So, Clint, thanks so much for doing this tonight. No worries. Um, we really appreciate it. Before before we let you go from the pod, is there any final word to the listeners? What what we've started doing is um, Greg and I try to make up at the end of an episode and get the guest to as well just a, a catchphrase we don't make it we don't make it up we you know we basically we live offer it. yeah we live we it we offer our week's catchphrase whatever it is <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's look it's up to you don't, please don't feel pressured to to have one how about you, you kick you know, it off greg what's your catchphrase this week um my catchphrase this week's probably i hope your house isn't flooding yeah cheers okay. From Greg. <laughs> yeah. Topical. Topical. Is that yeah. because your houses have been flooding? Or? Oh, just because of the, the floods in, in New South Wales and touching yeah. Victoria as well. Uh, thankfully, my house hasn't been flooding, which I'm stoked about, but definitely the ground floor has been. So, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's the catch. I mean, that's this week's catchphrase. Next week's catchphrase might be... Who knows? I'm stoked yeah. that the flood damage wasn't too bad. That's Yeah, that's good. But I we'll, like that. We'll see you next week. Next I'm week. Gonna, I'm going to go with, hey, if you left the margarine um, <laughs> on the counter all day, that's all right. Probably best to throw it out and just get a new one from IGA. Support the independence. That's, that's my. That was good, actually. <laughs> I would have that's to say, uh, if you if you if you're hesitant with human skin, start with chicken skin. <laughs> love it. I fucking love it. Just work Love your way it. up. Yeah. Take your time. Clint, <laughs> thanks so much for fucking indulging us and wasting your time to chat with us. We oh, fucking mate, appreciate it. This is my first podcast. This, you got is my this podcast your first charity. podcast? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. Well, well Joe Rogan I... has been bloody replying to the emails. <laughs> Could have fooled us, Clint. You know what he's like? Bloody elk. <laughs> he's too busy. He's too busy. Uh, yeah, he's too busy on the elk. I'm skinning an elk. I'll get back to you. <laughs> skin. I, I always say to him, skin this. And for the listeners, that's my uh, rude finger. He's so. Giving a middle Whoa. finger right right up to the camera. You guys have got to do a video because that's important. Yeah, it's, hap- it's, 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 it's happening. I think this is going to help us. This, this, this episode, we're going to get a bump. Yep. Now we can get those sponsorships to go visuals. Yeah. Well, more more sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, the, you know. The oh yeah, that's right. Fucking, quite a few. That the uh, the GT Golf will be is on its way to you, Clint, as well. Oh, so. beautiful drive, beautiful hope drive. Got, hope you got a garage. Beep, beep. Yep. Oh, I think that's the it. Maybe actually. Sure. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> the driver's waiting for you. 
all right, let's wrap it up. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much, Clint. Thank Clint. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Jakey Glenn. Boy. Thanks for being my. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for being my uh, my other guest, Jake. I appreciate it. No, nah, for... anytime, mate. Anytime. All right. Best friends. All right, dudes. Best friends forever. See ya. <laughs>